Good evening. I'm Midge Woolsey. I'm here with Elliot Forrest, and tonight we're broadcasting live from Avery Fisher Hall at Lincoln Center on WQXR. Good evening, Elliot. That introduction may sound very familiar to WQXR listeners, but soon it could be Dwayne Reed Hall or JetBlue Hall or whatever private donor is willing to shell out the millions of dollars needed to renovate Avery Fisher Hall. This is Conducting Business. I'm Naomi Lewin. Last week, Lincoln Center said the building will be renamed for the highest bidder. But how much will that really matter to the average concertgoer? Ralph Gardner Jr. just wrote a column for the Wall Street Journal questioning the business of naming rights. What is it that made you skeptical about the whole renaming process? I don't know. It, it, it's just that someone gets their name attached to a building like Avery Fisher Hall, and it almost becomes sort of part of, I don't know, the zeitgeist or the subliminal architecture of New York City. And then it, it's almost like the rug swept out from under you. I mean, it's, it's almost like maybe if like a favorite restaurant going out of business or something like that. You, you've grown used to the place, and you know, now, now they're going to call it something else. And I, I would think the, per- the the people who would be most upset would be the immediate family or their descendants, obviously. But also it sort of exacts a, a sort of, you know, a small psychological cost on all us New Yorkers. Well, clearly the immediate family has come to an understanding about this. Right. How much brand attachment do you think New Yorkers have to the name Avery Fisher Hall? Well, yeah, you don't want to overplay it. I mean, I think I think New Yorkers have a sort of a genius for simplification. I mean, I've lived here my whole life, and I don't think I've ever said, you know, if I was going to a concert at Avery Fisher Hall, I, I've never said to, like, my wife, I'll meet you at Avery Fisher Hall. I, I'll say, I'll, I'll meet you at Lincoln Center, or I'll meet you at the Philharmonic. So I think we sort of employ a shorthand. But you have uh, to know, then, which performance you're going to at Lincoln Center, because otherwise I just met somebody at Avery Fisher Hall, and she was unfamiliar with Lincoln Center, and she wandered around from building to building until she found the right right, one. Right, 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 right. Well, you know, spouses have a a way of communicating with each other, I suppose. But no, you're right. But still, uh, you know, a, a number of these places, Avery Fisher Hall is so associated with the New York Philharmonic that I think maybe you've got to be a certain age, but I, I just think of it as the Philharmonic. And the, you know, there was a letter to the Times where someone made a good point. Whoever the person is who's going to pay this money to have it renamed in his honor, a lovely thing to do would be to, let's say, name it after Leonard Bernstein, someone who's truly associated with the place. It is interesting because every time I take somebody new to Avery Fisher Hall, I say, well, it's had this long history. First, it was Philharmonic Hall, but the acoustics were terrible. So Avery Fisher gave some money to improve the acoustics, but they're still not great. And so this process keeps going on and on. Carnegie Hall, which always had great acoustics, has gone through several major renovations. Do you think that if they had tried renaming Carnegie Hall in the process, there would have been a bigger uproar? Oh, I, I definitely. As a matter of fact, I was thinking about that when I wrote the column that Carnegie Hall is one of those places that, you know, Andrew Carnegie has no reason to roll, be rolling in his grave. I mean, he, that somehow that stuck, you know. I think there'd be a real uproar if I tried to change it to something else. On the other hand, you've got the New York Public Library main branch that was named after, I don't know if you would say named or renamed after Stephen Schwartzman, the uh, hedge fund guy. I think he's a hedge fund guy. But, you know, you, you thought of that as the New York Public Library. You didn't associate it with the name of 
any industrialist or railroad baron or anything like that previously. But I think everybody still just calls it the main library. Right, exactly, yeah. Now, you wrote that audiences might react differently if Avery Fisher Hall were named after a corporation you cited, Starbucks or Trader Joe's. Why? Well, I don't know if I I think they react differently. I think they maybe they wouldn't care, but you know, I suppose it's one thing naming like a baseball field after a corporation, but and maybe it's just snobism on my part. But you think of Lincoln Center as somewhat more highbrow, and that maybe it would just you know stick in the craw if you named it the McDonald's Hall or Chipotle Hall or something like that. But of course, you know, the the other thing is that. Lincoln Center has undergone a major renovation by the architecture firm of Dillers Cofidio Renfro, and I think they've done a great job. So I can certainly see from their point of view that this is the last major piece in the puzzle that hasn't been renovated. And I once interviewed Liz Diller, and I saw some of the plans they had for Avery Fisher Hall, which I think are quite impressive. And I, I would think that the end result is going to be wonderful no matter what it is. It, it's just that sort of maybe that traditionalism on my part, that you hate to see things change too much. Across the plaza, there is the New York State Theater, which David H. Koch gave $100 million to renovate, and it's now named after him. Do you think people now say, I'm going to the David H. Koch Theater when they're going to the ballet? Absolutely not. Well, you know, maybe someone who's just arrived in New York and is 21 years old and doesn't know it as anything else would call it that, but... Of course, if they were reading it on the side of the building, they also wouldn't know how to pronounce it. Right, right. Because it's spelled K-O-C-H. Exactly. And he also um, just funded the new plaza in front of uh, the Metropolitan Museum of Art. And again, I can't imagine anyone's, you know, if someone will say, I'll meet you in front of the Met, that's as far as it's going to go. But Do you think the fact that people don't call it the David H. Koch Theater has anything to do with his politics or just because people don't use full names like that for buildings? Uh, I'd say probably for both reasons. Most of these buildings are, again, I think New Yorkers sort of use a shorthand and it's, you know, most important to the Certainly the the families of these people and, and the institutions above all else. Uh, and the people. It takes, whatever it takes. You know. And the people themselves, I would think. The right. philanthropist, well, obviously, obviously the people themselves. Yeah. The philanthropist Alberto Villar was convicted of fraud, and when that happened, the Met removed his name from right. its grand right. tier. Right. Does that suggest that? You really can't ever buy immortality through philanthropy? Exactly. You can't ever buy immortality. And I think, you know, we sort of know you can't buy immortality, but you somehow think that the closest you're ever going to get is your name chiseled in stone on the side of, a, you know, a major cultural building. And, and once, once that turns out not to be true, it must be pretty disappointing. And then somebody has to rechisel. <laughs> exactly. Which which is actually a lot easier, apparently, than it would seem. Thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate it. Ralph Gardner, Jr. writes the Urban Gardner column for the Wall Street Journal. You can read his article from a link on the Conducting Business page of our website, wqxr.org. Brian Wise is our producer. I'm Naomi Lewin. Thanks for listening.